good afternoon and welcome to Tea Time with Miss Liz. That's right, it's tea time. And today in the studio, I have a beautiful woman here who is going to be speaking on the early intervention of mental health, a subject that I believe is very important and that needs to be spoken about. So I'm going to introduce Cynthia with a little bio and then we're going to get right into it and have a strong cup of tea and get some mental health intervention out there for all of you out there. So Cynthia has 40 years plus of lived experience related to sibling mental illness. Her mantra is, I'm not keeping quiet anymore, which addresses the urgency of speaking up and speaking out about mental illness. Her concentration is on early intervention. Cynthia is a minister, speaker, and transformational coach. She has spoken on many platforms, but the leadership experience tour led by Sean Fair of, Sean, uh, of Fair Consulting Group, which is an international platform that, cho that chooses speakers from all over the United States and Canada, is her most impressive to date. She has been, been featured a guest on various talk shows where she has spoken very candidly about her experience with sibling mental illness. Cynthia is one of 40 writers featured in the Amazon best-selling anthology, I'm Still Standing. Her memoirs titled Crazy Didn't Get Me will be released in 2021. Her article titled What My Brother Taught Me About Early Intervention was recently published in the NAMI National Alliance on Mental Illness, July 2021 blog. And you can connect with Cynthia at the following links that I will post during our conversation. So welcome so much, Cynthia, for joining me today. And let's get into how it all started and why you do what you do today. Liz, thank you so much for having me. I'm just so excited to be here with you today with Tea Time with Ms. Liz. And we are going to serve up a strong cup of tea today. Again, thank you so much for having me. Yes. How did this all start with me? Woo. How did this all start with me? It started, first of all, a very long time ago as I grew up in a home as one of four siblings and all three of my siblings who are all brothers were affected by a mental illness. Um, as you mentioned in my bio, I have a book that's going to be released probably the first quarter of 2022 and it's called Crazy Didn't Get Me, uh, Nightmare on Ninth Court. And I call it Crazy Didn't Get Me no offense to anyone, but I actually survived the whole mental health piece and my brothers did not survive. So that's why I named the book Crazy Didn't Get Me, Nightmare on Ninth Court, because I lived on the corner of Mercedes Avenue and Ninth Court. And when I tell you it was a nightmare on Ninth Court, it was a nightmare. I talk about early intervention because what happened was my parents did not want to accept what was going on with my brothers because of the stigma surrounding mental health issues. We were African-Americans and I still am an African-American, as you can see. Uh, we were a, an integral part of the faith-based community and in the African-American community and in the church, quote unquote, you just did not talk about these things. So because of that, my brothers did not uh, er, did not receive the treatment that they needed when they needed it, Liz. Therefore, they were unable to live ordinary, productive, and fulfilling lives. And because of that, I have 
decided that I'm going to spend the rest of my days educating and crying out about mental illness, we're going to end this stigma. We're going to end it right here and right now. I'm with you with that 100%. It's time that we get serious and we start speaking up, right? Uh, I really like that you use the word crazy because I was diagnosed with conversion disorder and my doctor told me that is the short form for that is crazy. So I really am that strong, crazy woman who is making a difference by having guests like you on tea time. Now you said no uh, breaking the silence, right? So what is your goal? Like, do you have a movement? Do you have a project? Uh... Absolutely. So I'm not keeping quiet anymore. Started as a mantra because as I begin to uh, prepare for the speaking tour, the leadership experience tour, which you are also a part of, and you're going to be taking that big stage in September. And I'm looking so forward to hearing you. So as I began to prepare for the leadership experience tour, I kept hearing as I was preparing and getting my speech together and advertising and talk about it more, I kept hearing this little mantra in the back of my mind, I'm not keeping quiet anymore. Because people started reaching out to me as I started posting things on social media and talking about what happened in my family, being very vulnerable and being very candid about what happened in my family. People started reaching out to me saying, you know what? We are so glad that you're talking about this because nobody wants to talk about it. So that mantra just became stronger and stronger. And I kept saying to myself, you know what? I'm not going to keep quiet anymore. So I started saying that publicly, not just to myself, but I would always hashtag that with my posts in my posts with saying I'm not keeping quiet anymore. And guess what? I really believe that I'm not keeping quiet anymore. It's just not a mantra for me, but it is a movement. It is a movement. I am not keeping quiet anymore. And I don't want anybody else to keep quiet anymore because too many people are suffering, have suffered, and are suffering in silence because we don't want to talk about the elephant in the room, mental illness, that is. Guess what? I'm talking about the elephant in the room because the elephant needs to be addressed. So I am not keeping quiet anymore, the movement. I love it. I love movement. And and this is and this is what we need. We need more movements. We need a voice mm -hmm. like you, Cynthia, who is passionate and making a difference. Uh, mm -hmm. For for your struggle as a child, do you struggle with mental health today? You know what? I always say all of us are a little cray cray. So yes, I do believe that I at times struggle with mental health issues. Um, probably, you know, there are days, not very many, but I do have days when I get up and I just feel blue. Now, I'm sure that we all have those days. However, you can kind of tell when it's a blue that's trying to take you under. It's not just a normal blue, but it's a blue that is intense 
And what I have done when I have those days, first of all, I'm a woman of faith. So I pray and I pray really hard. Number two, I know my history of having siblings, all of my siblings, although they were male, someone might say, well, you know, it hit the male genes or whatever, but I'm still a part of the Mobley family. And by the way, people did used to say back in the day, quote unquote, all of the Mobleys are crazy. And I was saying to myself, yeah, that's what you think. So anyway, because of my history, because of that background, I have to fight really, really hard sometimes, Liz. Because of that person that everyone always comes to for advice, that everybody always comes to for encouragement, that everybody always comes to when they're feeling down and out, I'm that person. So I carry a lot of other people's weight. And that's why I talk so much. I did a post today about making yourself a priority because if you don't allow yourself to be a priority, you can go under and not even realize you're going under. So to get back to your question, I believe I do struggle with some mental health issues at times, not as severely as my brothers. And I think because I witnessed what they went through and because I determined that because they said the word on the street was all of the Mobleys are crazy and I was going to make a liar out of them. So I'm still at 61 years old, determined to make a liar out of them and to also stay on top of my game. So to answer your question, I believe I do struggle with mental health issues. However, God has graced me that I'm able to be an overcomer. Do you think that the early prevention saved you? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I believe had I not witnessed what my brothers dealt with and had I not been vulnerable in reaching out to others. I remember about 23 years ago, I'm a native of Florida, but about uh, 23 years ago, I moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the reason why I moved is because I was in a very toxic marriage. So he went to work one day and I went to Pittsburgh. But before that happened, I was sharing with a friend of mine some some symptoms that I was having. Now, I wasn't even thinking about mental illness or anything. Even I had dealt with that with my brothers. That was kind of, at the time, it was kind of far removed from me. But I happened to mention some things that I was going through to a very good friend of mine, a trusted friend. And remember that whenever you're reaching out to people about your uh, vulnerabilities, make sure that you're reaching out to a trusted source and that's somebody that really cares about you and just doesn't want to get your business and run with it in the streets. So I was sharing with a very trusted source about what I was going through. She said, Cynthia, have you ever considered um, taking medication? And I was like, no, because I've never, I don't even like aspirin. Liz. I was like, no. She was like, well, you know what? She said, I take Zoloft. Now, I don't even know if Zoloft is still popular these days, but she said, because I have, you know, I have bouts of depression and she just opened up and told me about what was going on with her. Now, I would have never known that she was struggling with um, mental health issues, but when, when she Actually, when I open up to her, I think it's because she had detected something that was going on with me. And I think she kind of approached me and I felt comfortable opening up to her. But she mentioned the Zoloft to me. I did 
decide to take Zoloft. I didn't go through like a long process with the psychologist, psychologist or psychiatrist, whichever one it is or anything like that. I can't remember exactly what the process was. It was so long ago, but I did take Zoloft. I took it for a very short time because then I'm like, you know what? I really don't need this. I don't see what any difference that it's making, you know? And so I eventually stopped taking it. But what I did do was I got away from the toxic relationship and that helped a whole lot. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. sometimes the best person to advocate for ourselves is ourselves. Yes. You know, and get educated, get ask the questions, you know, and if something doesn't add up, ask again and again and again, you know, and, and, and that's one thing that I've noticed about you is that you, when you don't have the answers, you look for the answers and you are strong on the intervention. Yes. We, we really need that intervention for mental health because a lot of people are not speaking about the intervention. They're only speaking about it after. So right. let's, right. let's start by getting it looked at before it even gets to the further, you know, down the road. So. Exactly. And I have an acronym, Liz, that I use, um, and it's IDA, I-D-A. Number one, you want to identify unusual behaviors. Yes. If you, Liz, if you're my friend and we're tight, we're close, we girls, we've been hanging for a minute, I should be able to detect if you are acting out of the ordinary. Exactly. Now, we have moments, right? Okay, I understand moments, but if that moment becomes an hour and that hour becomes a day and that day becomes two days and that two days become a week and that week, then I know that something is out of the ordinary with Liz. So I need to identify, okay, Liz is usually pretty outspoken and she usually gets pretty crunk if something doesn't quite go the way that she thinks it ought to go. But that right there was just a little bit out of the ordinary. I think she went a little bit to the left on that. Hmm. So you're, you're, you're just tucking that away. Yep. Once you have identified those unusual behaviors, then D, don't deny what you're observing. It's real. And what happens a lot of time with mental illness because of the stigma and because people don't want to see what they're seeing, they want to uh, wish it away or they want to call it something else. No, don't deny what you're observing. It's real. Ask me how I know. And then thirdly, A, once you've identified the unusual behavior, once you do not deny what you're seeing, then you want to act. You want to act quickly to get that person the professional treatment that they need because the sooner treatment can begin, the better chance they will have of living an ordinary, productive, and fulfilling life. So, Early intervention is paramount. Like you said, we don't talk about that, but we need to talk about it. We need to be about early intervention. That's just like with your automobile. You know how some of us are. You hear a little knocking and you're like, okay, you just keep driving. And then the next thing you know, you're on the side of the road. Well, you should have gone to the mechanic when you heard the knocking the first time. Yeah. Exactly, right? Why wait until it breaks down, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. No pun intended. 
Yeah. <laughs> no way to the breakdown. <laughs> yeah. so, so Cynthia, how do you feel about the stigma on mental health? When you hear stigma, when you hear that word stigma, what, what comes to mind? When I hear the word stigma, first of all, it's a negative connotation. It's a negative connotation, a very negative connotation. Shout out to my friend, Big Holy. I just saw him on. <laughs> hey, Big Holy, so glad you joined us. Um, when, when you hear that word stigma, First of all, it has a negative connotation. It does. It has a very negative connotation. So when we talk about stigma, what we have to do is first of all, we have to talk about it. Before we can, before we can, I believe part of addressing the stigma I know this sounds too simple. A part of addressing the stigma is talking about it. Exactly. Talk about it. I'm not keeping silent anymore. I don't care if my friend, you know, you, you, you know, you have relatives and they like, you know, when I wrote the book and, you know, relatives are like, are you going to really tell all that? Yeah, I'm going to tell everything. Because I'm telling everything. <laughs> I'm telling everything. I'm telling everything. I'm spilling all the tea because I don't want any other family to experience what our family experienced. So when you talk about stigma, the first thing we need to do when we are talking about stigma is deal with stigma. And how we deal with stigma is talk about that exact thing that nobody wants to talk about. How about that? I love it. I love it. And I love your passion because when I hear that word stigma, I'm like, seriously, talk. Just talk. Let's yes. break it. It's not not hard. Just talk. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Who are you hiding from? Who are you hiding from? You around here, you know, you looking like you all put together, but you told you you tore up from the floor up. Yep. You know, but you, you everything looks good. You know, the men you you got on your gaiters and your you know your two piece and you know got that hair you know that, got that fresh cut. You know, the ladies we got the face beat. You know, we got the jewelry. We got the you know we got the look. But we are jacked up. We are messed up. We are we are dealing with mental health issues, but we are hiding behind our professions and, and we're hiding behind our clothes and we're hiding behind our cars and we're hiding behind our homes. But guess what, baby? Mental illness does not discriminate. It doesn't care what color you are. It doesn't care what your gender is. It doesn't care if you're a preacher, doctor, lawyer, or Indian chief. It does not discriminate. So we have to talk about it, period. That's P-E-R-I-O-D-T, period. I love it. I love you, girl. I really, really am passionate about mental health, and we need to be passionate about it. We need to stop being scared of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that it's one in four. I believe it's one in two. You know, I, I don't believe the numbers are right because a lot of people are not speaking out, and we need to speak out. We need to get that out there that it's okay 
to live with mental health. We're not, mm -hmm. we're not like this weird freak or anything. Right. We're, we're human beings. We've been through a lot. We've dealt with a lot. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Another thing that I'd like to bring up with you, Cynthia, how do you feel when you hear that you're weak if you have mental health? That, listen, as my mama would say, my mama had a way of saying things that I had to uh, decipher once I got older because when I was young, I'm like, what's she talking about? My mama would say, uh, she would say, that's the biggest lie ever been told. So that is a lie from the very pits of hell. Weakness? What do you mean weak? I'm weak because I have a chemical imbalance. I'm weak because there were some environmental situations that occurred in my childhood that caused me to deal with certain traumas. I'm weak because I have certain genetics that have caused me to be dealing with certain situations. I'm weak. I don't think so. I don't think so. And for anyone to even suggest, and I'm going to be honest, because I've lived through it. I've lived through it. My oldest brother committed suicide when he was 32 years old. He was actually a patient in a state hospital when he committed suicide. He veered away from the, um, the group when they went on a group outing and went and did his thing. He had already planned what he was going to do. Now, I said that to say this. I used to think my brother were weak. I did. I used, I used to. That's why I'm talking about what I'm talking about now. Like, well, now I know they should be able to um, just be strong and they should be able to control what's going on. And, they, you know, I was that one. I might not have said that they were weak, but I thought it the way that I reacted, the way that I responded to certain things that they did. I was saying that they were weak without saying that they were weak. Imagine, excuse me, you're already dealing with a situation, i.e. a mental illness that is beyond your control. Nobody is in your head and knows what's going on, but you and God. And for some human being to have the audacity to refer to you as weak on top of what you're already experiencing, I don't think so. They need a good kick in the butt. And if you're out there and you're listening to me and you're one of those people that is referring to someone that's dealing with the mental health condition as weak. Can you feel the kick in the butt that I just gave you? Stop it. Those individuals are not weak. They are dealing with a situation that is out of their control. And the best thing that you can do for them is to help them get treatment for their condition. They are not weak and stop calling them weak. There's, there's a reason why I asked you that, Cynthia, because I really, today, this tea time, I wanted to be strong and I wanted to be a strong tea because I am really serious. We need to start speaking out. We need to start bringing awareness and we need to start taking the mask off and start being ourselves. 
You know, if we have a hard time, we have a hard time. Why is it so, why are we so in the wrong if we say, hey, today I'm struggling? You know, why are we so afraid of sharing that we might be living with mental health? You know, it's time that we just drop the mask and start being real and start being ourselves, being our authentic selves. And this is why I have Cynthia on the show today is because we need to start being real with each other. We need to start speaking out. We need to start sharing our stories and stop being ashamed and living in shame. Like she said, her brother committed suicide. Like how long do we have to wait before people wake up and start speaking out and saying, you know what? I struggle today. You know, why is it so wrong to struggle? You know, we're all human beings. We all live through something. And Cynthia, I, I really am really honored to have you on my stage today because we need that awareness. We need that voice. We need that passion. We need that shout to wake you up because obviously speaking low is not waking you up. Nope. So, nope. You know, it, it's not, we're not coming at you like an, an an attack. We're coming at you to wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to start opening eyes and making right. a difference and, and right. stop using words like weakness and That's stigma right. and, right. and silence. Stop using those words. They're negative That's words. That's we need, right. We need the positive. We need the change. We, yes. we need that strong cup of tea. Yes. So, Cynthia, since you're in tea time, I want to know what your T is. So if I give you the letters T-E-A, what does your T stand for? Wow. T, I would say the word tenacity comes to mind when you say T, because I'm I'm tenacious. I get in there and I dig in it. With, I, I'm tenacious and I'm, I'm passionate and, and I'm tenacious about this whole mental illness thing. So tenacity, staying with it, sticking with it, pounding it out until you can see what it is you want to see. E- E is everything, everything that I need to do to make sure that my voice is heard, that is what I'm going to do. Everything that I need to do. A, A assist 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 any and everyone no matter who they are see we have on top of mental illness you know as i do my research you have people that are dealing and this is a whole nother topic but i'm just gonna brush across this briefly you have people that are dealing with for lack of a better word, and I'm probably dating myself and there's so many different words now, for alternative, that's dealing with alternative lifestyles, but they're also dealing with the mental illness. Now, now how about this? You're dealing with the world in your alternative lifestyle, whether it's bisexual, transgender. There's so many. I heard pansexual. I had never heard of that. I, have to look I know there's so many of them. I'm just like, we know all kinds of sexuals. But then, then you got to deal with mental illness on top of that. 
because a lot of these people are experiencing bullying. You know, you're dealing with mental illness. And on top of that, if you are in a race where you're marginalized and you're not getting the the help that you need when you need it because you may not have the dollars you may not have the health insurance you may not the resources may not be available to you there's so many different uh challenges with different people who deal with mental health issues and so i want to assist I want to be that person that's going to listen and then assist or act. So tenacity, everything, and assist. And Cynthia, you just served me a strong cup of tea of your past, your present, and your future. And I'll tell you why, because tenacity, as a little girl, you never gave up. Everything, you're doing that right now in your present. You're doing everything. In your future, you will be assisting people. So there you go. There is a strong cup of tea. This is what I do is I ask people to serve their teas and I deliver their teas. And this is what Cynthia's tea is, her past, her present, and her future. So her future is assisting people. So this girl's not going to give up. She's not going to give up the fight of bringing a voice to mental health. I can see you in the future shining bright and making that difference, Cynthia, because that's what you do is you serve a strong cup of tea. And right. this is what we need to do is we need to start serving our teas. We need to start serving our past, our present yes. and our futures, because this is what we do is we make a difference with tea, yes. not a beverage, us, yes, individuals. Tea is strong. Tea will make a difference. And this is what I will be speaking about at the Sean Fair thing, uh, affair, not in the Sean Fair thing. I am just so, uh, I am so in the moment right now because Cynthia, I was waiting to hear your tea for the last few days because I really wanted to know what kept you going. And I'm so happy that you used the word tenacity because when I first heard that word, I never really even understood that word. And I hear that word a lot. And we need tenacity. We need the past to be strong, mm. to move to our present, yes. to move to our future. And this is what we need to do is we need to make a difference. One cup, one tea at a time. Yes. Cynthia, is the, if there was a one message that you just learned about your tea, what would it be? One message that I just learned about my tea, and you're saying just learn as in right now. Just say it. Keep serving it up. Don't stop serving because, like you said, it's about what happened in my past that propelled me to come to the point in which I am standing right now, and then the future that's so bright for people who need a voice that are not able to use their voice. So I gotta keep serving it up. I gotta keep serving the tea. I cannot be silenced. I cannot let anything and anybody, not even myself, silence myself. And it's platforms like this, Liz, that you are providing people like me that gives me 
fuel because I'm pumped now. You you got me, girl. You got me pumped. When I tell you you got me pumped, I am so pumped. And I am going to keep serving this tea. I'm going to keep serving this tea strong. I was very, I had a very emotional day yesterday. Yesterday, my mom if she was lit, would have lived, she passed in 2011. She would have been 98 years old yesterday had she lived. I was so overcome with emotion. Now, normally, I don't get that emotional during her birthday or even when her when her death is, to be honest. You know, a lot of times people are like, I think about my mom every day. I don't think about my mom every day. I'm just going to be honest. Don't shoot me, y'all. Don't, don't kill me. But I don't think about my mama every day, you know. But I think about her when I think about her. And yesterday was really rough for me because you know why it was rough for me? I thought about my mother in relation to my brothers, how I saw my mama, I'm calling my mama, I didn't call her mother, I called her mama, how I saw my mama. My mama was about five, five feet tall, 100 pounds soaking wet. I think she told me the most she ever weighed was 137 pounds and she was pregnant, eight months pregnant. My mom was a very petite woman. She was a small woman, but she carried a big stick. She was something else. Let me tell you, Florence, Ruby, Pittman, Mobley was nobody's joke. But it never occurred to me until yesterday when I was doing a post about my why. I thought about my mama and I said, my brothers are my why, but my mama is my why before my brothers were my why because I watched my little mama, my little tough, strong mama go through watching all of her sons suffer with a mental illness. Her oldest son her oldest child committed suicide. He jumped off of a bridge. Her middle son, he was, he, he's what we call the transient. You know, he'd pop into town and out of town. He'd pop in town, out of town. You didn't know when he was coming. You didn't know he, when he was leaving. And the last time that anyone has seen my brother, my mother was still alive and he had popped in town and he was popping out of town. Usually you don't see him when he leaves, but this time he allowed my mama to see him leave. And as he walked away from the house, she told me this, she kept calling out to him and he never turned around to acknowledge her. That was over 20 years ago. It was like, it's like my brother disappeared from the face of the earth. He's schizophrenic. We haven't seen or heard anything from him since, nobody. And then her baby boy, that she was so crazy about, cause he was light skinned. My mama like light skinned people. <laughs> Can I be honest? <laughs> I remember one time she told me I should have been the boy cause I was black and Dwight should have been the girl cause he was yellow. I, girl, I keep it real. And she loved, she loved all of her children but she especially loved Dwight cause he was light skinned and he was pretty, he looked like a girl. She made sure 
I used to get so upset with her because she would complain about him calling her when he was in the state hospital. He would call her every day, sometimes three, four, five times a day. And she said, I'm so tired of him calling me Cynthia. She called me Cynthia. I'm so tired of him calling me. He just, I can't keep accepting these um, uh, collect calls. I said, well, then just don't, don't um, accept it. And then she said, but I got to, because if something bad happens to him, and I don't accept his calls. If I don't accept his call and something bad happens to him, because remember, he's in the same facility where my oldest brother has committed suicide from the same facility. She said, if something happens to him, I'll feel really bad. And that brother has been institutionalized since 1987. This will be his home until his dying day. Why am I so passionate? Why do I do what I do first? for my mother and then for my brothers. Because my mother, my mama, watched all of her sons be affected by a mental illness and there was nothing that she thought she could do about it. There was something, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. And for many years, I held that against her. I was mad as I was like, you! What do you mean? They need to pray. They need to go to church. Yeah, they need to pray. They need to go to church, but they need some professional treatment, mama. But she didn't understand. But I don't hold it against her anymore. I had to let that go. So I do this because my family paid the ultimate price as far as I'm concerned. My family paid the ultimate price. And if I can prevent just one family from going through what my family went through, I'm going to continue to speak up and I'm going to continue to speak out until my dying day. And this is why Cynthia is here, because this is what we need. We need that back voice. We need that why, the passion. It's exactly like you said, your why, your purpose. You know what your why and purpose is, and it's to make a difference and to be a voice for the ones that don't have a voice. And Cynthia, I really, really am honored to have you on my stage today and showing everyone, just be yourself, you know, drop the mask, just be you, you know, you got nothing to offer, but yourself at the end of the day, it's you, you know, I, again, your tea is amazing. It's strong and you are a beautiful, beautiful beautiful strong woman like thank you so much for opening up your heart and that and sharing with us today now i want to get into the sean fair leadership tour because you spoke at and i believe in april yes how was your experience for that and what should people ex- expect from the event that's coming in september Ooh, let me tell you, let me just, and and let me just say again, thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for being authentic as well. I I watch you on social media. Girl, you you about as real as it gets. As the young folks say, you keep it 100. (laughs) So, So much, you know, hey, from real to real, from authentic to authentic. So the Leadership Experience Tour, let me tell you, I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I became a part of the Leadership Experience Tour. I almost didn't become a part of the Leadership Experience Tour. Right the week before my audition, 
I decided to chicken out. Like, oh, these people don't ain't gonna have me. I ain't got what it takes. I, mind you, I've been speaking all my life, running my mouth, as you can tell. You know, I've I've always, you know, ran my mouth. But this was a little bit different. I'm like, ooh. So when I tried to back out. Ray wouldn't let me back out. Ray didn't even know me. When I ca- I canceled my audition online and she immediately inboxed me. I happened to be sitting at my computer and I got this inbox. She was like, uh, is there a problem? I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so when, when she got done with me, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'll be, she's like, as a matter of fact, my uh, audition was supposed to be the following Tuesday. Um, Liz, and this happened to be on a Friday. She says, as a matter of fact, I need you to put together a five-minute presentation and do your uh, 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 audition today at seven. I'm like, oh, yes, okay. <clears throat> yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, let me tell you, and the rest is history. Let me mention a little bit, have to mention about Sean Fair. When I was on that audition, two things came to my mind when I was interacting with Sean. This is a man of great character, and this man has integrity. He was oozing it. He was oozing great character and integrity. And let me tell you, Sean has not disappointed. Every Yes, he's human, and sometimes some things may fall through the crack because we're all human. But let me tell you, 99% of every, 99.9% of everything that Sean promised, he delivered. As a matter of fact, he over-delivered. Our coaching sessions, our footage, everything, our everything that he said we were going to get, we got. When we got to the leadership experience tour, I came two days in advance. I wanted to I wanted to come in advance of being advanced. So I came two days in advance. I wanted to make sure I was real good and settled in. <laughs> Knew how to get from my room to the conference room. I was getting lost on the day of. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Sean, when I checked into the hotel, who was the first person that I saw? Was Sean. Check this out, Liz. I didn't even see him. He saw me. I had my back. Now, mind you, we'd never met in person. Only on Zoom because I'm in Florida. He's in Detroit. I had my back turned. I was at the desk checking in. I heard somebody say, Cynthia Mobley Howell. I turned around like, <laughs> I just got all excited like he's real it's him and let me tell you from the from that moment until the time I left Detroit Sean was also the last person that I saw because when I went to turn in my rental car when I was coming out guess who was at the rental car <laughs> but let me tell you when we got there they already um that that wednesday or wednesday evening i think you know the room wasn't set up yet but i just be bopped on in there anyway i stood in the space where i was going where the stage was going to be set and me and my best friend was there she came with me to support me and i stood in that space what was going to be the stage and i started delivering my speech and i'm telling you the next day they had the stage set up with the backdrops and everything and they told us that we could come in as often as we needed to to practice our speeches and guess what i was up there every time i had an opportunity i was up there i'm like can i go can i go he's like yeah sure i'm telling you the experience was great they made sure sean and his team made sure that we had 
everything that we needed to be successful when we got on that stage. I don't know how in the world Sean deals with 40, 50 people, 60 people at a time, and he maintains his cool. He's always even killed, as my mama would say, he's as cool as a cucumber. He just, his temperament is the same. What do you need? What can I do for you? How can I serve you? And when I tell you they rolled out the red carpet, they literally rolled out the red carpet. By the time I got to the stage, I was good. I'm serious, I was good. The camaraderie with the other speakers was just fantastic. And I see a lot of you guys on here. Hey, Sherelle, hey, Robin. Um, Let me tell you, the camaraderie, Liz, it was like none other. We, this is one thing, and I'll shut up after this. Sean said this, when we became a part of the Leadership Experience Tour, he said, once you become, hey, Dr. C, I see you. He said, once you become a part of the Leadership Experience Tour, you're family. He didn't lie. We're one big family. Hey, y'all are stuck with me now. So the camaraderie was just absolutely phenomenal. By the time I got to the stage, Larry, uh, the tech guy, you know, getting us all mic'd up and oh my goodness, uh, uh, Emma, one of the best photographers, I believe she's the top dog in the, in the Detroit area. And there were like two other photographers. They were, I mean, baby, you were front and center. You were the star of the show. Lights, camera, you know, roll. I mean, cameras flashing everywhere. It was a great experience. And for us to be able to have the opportunity to share our stories with the world, was absolutely phenomenal. It's like no experience I've ever had. You are going to absolutely love it. I'm telling you, get ready to take it to another level. Guess what? I wouldn't have met you if I wouldn't have done the Leadership Experience Tour. How about that, Miss Liz? I like it. I like how we're connecting the dots here. Yes. And I love that all the ladies are in here supporting you, Cynthia, as well. And and I can't wait to meet all of you guys and stay connected because that's true. Sean does say that it is a family and we stay connected. So anybody that would like to know more about the Sean Fair Leadership Tour in September, please check out my page. Check out all of the speakers. There's incredible, incredible speakers that are coming up. And some of the speakers that have spoken in April and in June are coming in September. September. So you will have some surprises coming. So uh, again, I am truly honored that Sean has asked me to be one of his speakers and for me to bring my tea to the table for everyone out there. But Cynthia, how has it changed your life for the mental health awareness by being on Sean Ferris leadership tour? Oh my goodness. I had no idea because when, when I decided to do the tour and of course I knew what my speech was going to be about, it has opened, it has changed the, it has absolutely changed the entire trajectory of my life. So many doors are opening. I have people reaching out to me all the time. I have people inboxing me, telling me their story, sharing their story with me, telling me how grateful they are that I'm speaking up and speaking out about a uh, uh, mental illness. I've gotten so many invites uh, for speaking events, for talk shows, for podcasts. I mean, and the passion 
is like none other. My passion has gone to a totally different level now, Liz. It's gone to a whole nother level. You can't, as the song said, ain't no stopping me now. Ain't no stopping me now. I'm on the loose. Okay, because I am bound and determined that we are going to end this stigma. We're going to end it here and we're going to end it now. I know somebody might say, well, it's going to take a minute. That's fine. But I say here and now. The buck stops here. The Leadership Experience Tour has caused so many doors to be open for me that I would have never, ever, I know for a fact, I would have never had those doors open had I not been a part of the Leadership Experience Tour, which is what Sean told us. Doors are opening, things are happening, and it's all because of the FAIR Consulting Group and the Leadership Experience Tour. It is phenomenal. I can't wait to see you on that stage. I can't wait for you to spill your tea. I'm going to be rooting for you all the way. You are going to be totally, totally transformed in the way you see yourself as a speaker as a result of LET. I know you are. I really, really appreciate that, Cynthia. And I appreciate everyone that's in the room and will be joining with the replay and, and that. I want to get into, before we close up your tea time, I don't want to forget it, your t-shirts. I want to talk about the t-shirts and that movement that I really want to get that movement out there. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about that before we have to close up and wrap up? Absolutely. So... And how the t-shirt came about is my very good friend, Lizette Holcomb, and she won't mind me mentioning her name. When we were going to the leadership experience tour, I told you my best friend and I, uh, my best friend accompanied me to the leadership experience tour, which I think is phenomenal, Beverly Jones. And our other good friend, Lizette Holcomb, we're all from the same hometown, Panama City, Florida. Lizette said, hey, I want to get us a t-shirt that, that we can wear the day that you speak. Uh, at the tour. So the t-shirt was, um, I think it was um, mental health, mental health matters. That was the t-shirt that she had made for the three of us. So had those t-shirts and we wore them, you know, during the tour. But then when I came back home, I was talking to my good friend, Lizette again. And she said, sis, she said, you know what? She said, you need a t-shirt. So when you go and do your speaking events, you can have a product to sell. She said, what you think about that? I said, I think that's a great idea. I said, but I'm not going to wait until I have a speaking event to sell a t-shirt. How about let's get that going right now? She was like, okay, let's do it. And guess what? That is the birthing. That was the birthing of the I am not keeping quiet anymore t-shirt line so that was launched about two weeks ago the sales are going great thank you all so much i see some of you on here that have already purchased your t-shirts dr c sherelle thank you guys so much again it is no longer just a mantra it is a movement it is the I am not keeping quiet anymore movement. Liz has placed the uh, link, I believe, in the, the chat or whatever you call it on here. Uh, so you can go straight to that link. 
to purchase the t-shirt or you can just go to my website www.cynthiamobleyhow.com i think she has that link okay i see those links so all you got to do is go and click on that link that right now the t-shirt is a specially special introductory price of 19.99 no matter what size across the board 19.99 just for you that price is not gonna last forever but it's gonna last until it lasts so go ahead over there to my website purchase your t-shirt join the movement so are your t-shirts in international cynthia can, can anybody buy them or just in this yeah, okay. <laughs> that's good to know because yeah. i want to grab me a t-shirt so absolutely all over. come on <laughs> so we do we do have a, a tea time guest that was in the studio back i believe a couple months ago and what he has is a, a bullying campaign that's going on it's called the pink thursday and he would like to highlight you in one of his features of the month. And he would also like to reach out and connect with you so you guys can connect. I encourage all of my Tea Time guests to connect with one another. Check out the Tea Times on the YouTube channel. If you guys have anything that align together, work together, get together, make these projects, make these movements really move. Because that's what Tea Time is all about. It is to make a difference in everyone's life. This is not just a cup of tea. This is a movement and this is a mission that I have that I will make a difference one cup of tea at a time by having amazing everyday people on my platform like Cynthia. And I really want to thank you, Cynthia, for joining me today for tea and for sharing your strong cup of tea. So if you'd like to share with the viewers again, what is your tea? Thank you so much again for having me. And I'm looking forward to connecting with that gentleman. So my cup of tea is a strong cup of tea. It is tenacity. It is everything. And it is assistance. I am tenacious because my past has made me tenacious about this thing. I am about everything that's going to contribute to what I'm doing. Bring it on. I want the ideas. I want the motivation. I want the inspiration. I'm about everything that's going to help me to push this movement and to drive this movement. And I'm about assisting. I'm about assisting all of those who cross my pathway whose voices have been silenced due to the stigma. That is my tea and it's a strong cup of tea. And I really want to really, really want to thank you for sharing that strong cup of tea with us today and bringing the awareness for early intervention. And I want you all who are watching now and who are watching the replay, please put where you're watching from and how you connected with us. And if you'd like to be a tea time guest on Miss Liz's tea time, Please reach out to me because my show is for everyone who is making a difference. And if you are that person making a difference in your community, your family, or your country, I want you on my platform. And Cynthia, I really want to thank you for joining me today and opening the eyes and the ears of people that need to start listening and being awake because this is something that needs to be changed. And thank you for sharing your experience with the Sean Fair Leadership Tour. And I will make sure to knock it out of the park for all of you out there. And we will stay connected as a family because that's what we do is we connect and we work together because that's what I stand for. I stand for family and connecting. You don't have to be bloodline to make a difference. You are my sister now and we are connected. We are family. All of the ladies that have joined, all of the men who have joined today, thank you for attending Tea Time. And I just want to say 
thank you, Cynthia, from the bottom of my heart for everything that you're doing for mental health. I really, really appreciate it. And I would love to have, I'm just going to share some really quick comments that are coming in. So a lot of people are loving the interview. And I really like that because I want you to understand that this is a just an everyday woman who wants to make a difference with a cup of tea. Right. That's I, I'm, I, I have nothing more to offer. I can't give you a magic pill. I can't give you a special diet. All I can give you is a cup of tea. And my cup of tea is different, just like my guests are different. And they stand in their glory and they stand in what they do, their purpose and their why. And this is what we do is we stand in our purpose and our why and we speak out. Yes. We speak hard and we speak the truth. So again, Cynthia, your tenacity, I love it. Your everyday everything, I love it because that's what you do. And you're assisting to make the world a better place in the future. So look out for Cynthia because she's not going anywhere. And I will see you guys all on the 24th for a new tea time where I have a sit down with a Sacred Hearts Rising Sister who I shared in book one with and we will be talking about suicide survivor. So we need these tough subjects out there to make a difference, to give a voice so we can save some lives. That's what I'm here for. I'm only the lady that holds the pot. You guys have the tea. I have the pot. And together, we make a difference with a cup of tea. Thank you, Cynthia. And thank you to all the viewers. I will see you on the 24th for another incredible tea time. Thank you, Liz.